everyone, and welcome to Aval Cafe. My name is Brian Hostler, founder of Strong Roots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. Hi everyone, I'm Carolyn Kamen, and I'm an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, longtime practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. So Happy New Year, Brian. It's 2018. Happy, happy New Year, yes. So this is our very first podcast episode of 2018, and we're going to use this as an opportunity to just talk about what we're looking forward to, what's coming up on the horizon, what new directions we're thinking about, um, and where we see evaluation going in 2018. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, being an evaluator, the first thing I do when I think about looking forward is I think about looking back at 2017. Um, and you know, where I, where I came from last year going mm -hmm. into this new year. Um, and 2017 was, it was a wild year for me. I know, you know, this time last year, I had no idea of all the cool stuff, like whatever new year's resolutions or goals that I had set at 2017, um, that year really sort of blew them out of the water. Um, in terms of just new opportunities, I think even things like this podcast mm -hmm. wouldn't have predicted, didn't see coming, and it's been so much fun and it's, it's pushed me in so many ways. So when it comes to thinking about 2018, I'm, I'm almost hesitant to even like set a goal or anything like that because who knows what's going to happen. I don't know. How do you feel, Brian? Yeah, I think I um, completely uh, echo what you're saying about just like if I try to think back to this time last year, it's just uh, a lot of lot of development, a lot of interesting things happened this, this past year past 12 months but I wouldn't have been able to predict any of it I don't think uh, I was cleaning up my office a little bit uh, earlier this week and I found some notes from um, CES 2017 the conference we were both at in Vancouver and one of the things I had written down was like hmm what about this idea of an evaluation podcast and you know even then it was just like oh this might be kind of a neat idea and it kind of uh, took off from there so yeah um, I think it's kind of funny though if we're evaluators and we're not setting goals or outcomes for ourselves and we're not creating an evaluation plan for our, our resolutions for the New Year's. Um, but I'm kind of with you on that too. Like, uh, I'm not a fan of setting resolutions right at the beginning of the New Year, but just because it feels like trying to figure out where the New Year's going to take you, it's it's always a bit of a, maybe it's just not the right time of year to do it at. Uh, we're coming off the holidays, you know, things aren't, um, things are a little bit unsettled. So maybe, uh, maybe we should just, you know, set resolutions later in the year. But uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure where to go right now in 2018, but just, like you suggested, start off with 2017. What happened then? Well, I was joking with someone on Twitter the other day that, um, you know, I, we were talking about goal setting. I'm like, well, I actually prefer to take a developmental approach where I see what I've done <laughs> and then I set my, you know, the ready, fire, and then aim. Um, so getting our Michael Quinn Patton reference in early in this episode. Hashtag um, OMGMQP. <laughs> um, so I've been thinking, like, do I want to set goals or do I want to take um, a more flexible, adaptive approach to that? Like what would be an alternative? Because when I think of goal, I think of, you know, smart goals and things that are measurable and achievable and mm -hmm. very specific. And, and, you know, you set it, then you're supposed to get it. Um, right. For me, what's a different approach that I think uh, would be more helpful is to think of it in terms of not setting a goal, but mm. setting a direction. Mm -hmm. You know, picking a, a 
uh, an orientation, some forward movement to it, a direction I want to go because directions change. I mean, that happens all the time. Right. You, you have a destination in mind, but you get out on the highway, you see a sign for something cool and you decide to do a detour or there's mm-hmm. a block on the road and you have to find another way around. Like directions change all the time. So I feel like that gives me a little more permission to say, well, this is the direction I started in, but it may mm-hmm. not be the one that I take the whole year. I may reach my destination and get to go farther. Like, you know, it, it, it gives me that flexibility. So I'm thinking more in terms of like, in 2018, what are my directions? Where am I sort of mm. thinking I want to go in that general way, but without thinking of it as a, oh, here's a specific goal I have to achieve. Because, I mean, I actually, as of yesterday, as of, as of last night, I get to scratch off a particular goal that I've had, um, not just for this new year's New Year's resolution, but for the last six years. Okay, which is I like to, to hear this. <laughs> for the last six years, every January, I've been telling myself, okay, this year you need to learn how to use R because you're not always going to have SPSS. Well, it didn't happen. It didn't happen for six years. And that just happened randomly yesterday because it finally came up that, oh, I've got a statistics question and I don't have access to SPSS right now. Okay, I'm finally going to sit down and figure out like the basics of the interface of R. And I did. And that's great. And I can scratch it off my list. And that's, that's fun. But, mm-hmm. you know, does that mean that, you know, for the last six years, I've failed to achieve that goal? I mean, eh. That's not, a, that's not my favorite way to think yeah. about it. So it's like, yeah, I achieved something. And honestly, if that specific instance hadn't come up, I still wouldn't know R. Like, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's awesome, though, to hear that, uh, that you had a chance to learn that because that's also been something on my perennial uh, someday maybe list is to learn R. And for our listeners who are not familiar, R, I believe, is an open source uh Data. It's almost like a programming language, I think. It. Yeah. I mean, it's it's more than a statistical software package. You can use it for statistical software, and that's what most evaluators, or also for um, doing data visualization and graphic generation. Um, but yeah, it's it's a platform. It's you know what it is. It's a super fancy calculator. That's what all of <laughs> that's what all of those programs are. They don't mm-hmm. teach you how to do statistics. You still need to have that background. It's just here's a fancy, fancy, fancy calculator that if I know how to tell it what I want it to do, um, and mm-hmm. how to interpret the results it gives back to me, I can do anything with it. So it's right. a little intimidating. It, for, it ended up being easier than I than I thought it would be because I've got enough of a programming background that the language wasn't unfamiliar. But there's also a lot of amazing mm-hmm. tutorials out there. So if anyone is if anyone is trying to you know tick that off their bucket list. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, I, for me, well, it took the actual moment of like, oh, now I need it before I actually got around to doing it. But <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe that could be a, a, a future uh, podcast episode. We can maybe talk about R. And then because if we have that as a topic, that'll force me to actually, you know, look a little bit more into R. And then, you know, so I actually don't just you know, sit here kind of mutely as you talk about all these amazing programming things or whatever. So maybe that's one of the directions we can think about. Like when you're trying to knock something off your your goal list, think about how do I create the conditions which are going to force me to achieve that goal? Mm-hmm. And actually, that works really well into kind of maybe one of my directions for this year, which is to finally, finally get into the pipeline, my application for credential evaluator status. You heard it here. This is my kind of public commitment. Um, uh, last year, I had a couple of people at CES 2017 come up to me and say, you should totally apply for this. And it's so like, yes, this has been on my list for a while. 
and, you know, promptly kind of got put on the back burner. Uh, back in the fall, though, I had a, some conversations with some evaluators locally, and we kind of formed a little bit of a group. And we promptly put on the back burner for a little while, but we've got a meeting coming up, um, our little group in February during reading week, because a lot of, uh, a lot of the people in the group are students and they'll have some time then. And we've made a commitment to that by the time CES 2018 rolls around, uh, May 26th to 29th in Calgary, we will all have our applications in by that point. So we can go to the conference with our heads held high and say, we are, we will have, we have our applications in, we are, you know, on this road. So we figure if we make that kind of public declaration, we're, shaming ourselves into doing it which <laughs> maybe not shaming but maybe we are setting up a public accountability structure that we will do this i like that i like that there's a, a specific timeline a really meaningful mm-hmm. timeline and yeah a group of people so that you're all kind of keeping each other on track so and maybe that's uh maybe yes. there will be some listeners who think okay i'm also gonna i'm gonna get on that that trolley as well and and set mm-hmm. myself that goal because i know there's a lot of us who are like oh yeah that's oh that's ce Got it. Right. Got to get but that. Like, Got to well, do that. Yeah. But then it's always so easy to mm-hmm. put it off for the next thing, for the next thing. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what else do you have? Uh, what other directions do you have for 2018? One of the other reasons I like the idea of directions is because it gives me a sense of like, well, I can take, I don't have to come up with a whole new direction. It's like, well, what are my directions from last year that are working for me that I mm-hmm. want to keep going in that same direction? And um, one of the things when I was looking back on 2017 to sort of think about like what those sort of retrospective resolutions. What did I, what did I accomplish? Whether or not it's what I said I had to accomplish (laughs) that year. Um, Mm -hmm. And a direction I'd like to continue for this year was making stuff, making Mm. things uh, physical. I mean, evaluation and, and I think even my own personality and how I approach evaluation, I have a, a bad habit of being a brain in a jar, very, very intellectual, very up in my head. Um, You know, it's, you're, you're working with stats, you're working with concepts, you know, abstract, Mm -hmm. big picture ideas a lot of the time. And one of the things that just happened last year, and I think it happened partly because I was also focusing on building up my participatory methods. um, And also because I've gotten really good exposure to um, designers and, and makers and creators and people who do like making stuff as part of what they do. But I started incorporating more making stuff into my practice, whether it's, you know, uh, facilitating a, a meeting or an exercise, but having something physical where people are, are drawing or writing or working with their hands or, or um, not just, you know, putting up, I mean, visuals are great, but sometimes giving someone a printout, mm-hmm. something they can hold in their hands. I watched how differently people engaged with that when they had the, mm. the opportunity to, you know, sit and color on something with markers. And I'm not talking working with youth here. I'm talking like, you know, anyone, like just making things physical. And it challenged me to think about the work really differently. And it's something that I want to keep. I want to, we talk about data visualization, but I want to also mm-hmm. think about like, how do I, how do I make data something that we can hold in our hands? How can we like do data manifestation, which I'm going to Google that after. And I'm sure someone has already come up with that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a maker. I haven't been in my life. I've been a thinker, but I'm surrounded by makers and I'm learning a lot from them. And I think it brings a lot. I'm seeing other evaluators bring that into, especially as we get more involved with designers and doing things like, you know, prototyping and and just putting things together so people can see what we're talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it helps with everything from getting that 
early buy-in and engagement. It can help with the planning, taking some of these abstract ideas and making them concrete. Um, data collection, data analysis, you know, all the you know data parties with data placemats. That's about making something physical that people can see. Um, and then the, mm -hmm. the knowledge translation, getting that information back out again in ways that people engage with. Um, right. It's it's really, really helpful. Like in my personal life, I know, I and I know a lot of evaluators do this, you know, things like cooking and crafting and stuff that you do, stuff that you make. We do that to relax. And I'm, and mm -hmm. there's also so many cool ways to bring that into the actual work that we do as well. So that's a direction I, I picked mm -hmm. up on last year that I'm going to try to continue with through this year. No, it sounds great. And like your whole, uh, your whole brain in a jar metaphor, I think we can, uh, well, I, I think a lot of us in evaluation, we do come, uh, not all of us by any means, but a lot, a lot of people do come from a social science background. Uh, there's, even though we try to make things, um, we come from applied social science, we, we try to work with people, we try to translate these ideas into meaningful concepts. It's all too easy to kind of get stuck in our own heads or stuck in like really abstract theories or ideas. So um, I found um, just kind of picking up on, on your ideas there. Uh, this past year, I've done some workshops with uh, folks or um, either for the most part, it's been kind of internal groups or internal organization uh, presentations. But I've used uh, Hallie Preskill's uh, evaluation cookie exercise. And people have loved that. They've really kind of picked up on it um, where you actually physically have cookies and you're coming up with criteria to rate them and you're rating them. And of course, usually part of the sampling method includes, of course, consuming said cookies. So um, that's been a really great exercise. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see um, um, what to come up with or what some ideas are because we have to realize that a lot of the people we're working with um, they may be not quite as you know up in their heads as as we are as evaluators sometimes so how do we make things more more concrete how do we make things more um, tangible and meaningful for yeah. them so that's that's awesome I'd love to see what you come up yeah. with yeah and I think even for the people we work with who are often up in their heads too there's still a lot of value from just climbing down from there every mm -hmm. once in a while so yeah now Brian you're you're a musician have you yes. ever brought your music? Kind of, sure. <laughs> have you? I mean, I know you play an instrument. Have you ever brought your music into your evaluation? Yeah, no, I, I don't think I have ever directly. I've, I've maybe sometimes brought the metaphor in, but uh, yeah, that would be kind of an interesting uh, piece as well. Um, I'm just trying to think how I would do that because I would just so worry about getting stage fright. I'm used to playing in a band or an ensemble, so I'm not sure if I can just bring uh, bring my trombone into the into the stage and uh, into the workshop room and see what that comes out with but uh yeah i mean there's a lot of um a lot of connection there of taking something abstract and making it into something that's meaningful um maybe i'll just bring some hand drums or something i'm not sure how but that's a really good idea and i'll have to give some more thought to that but um yeah that'd be maybe with youth in terms of of trying to make a music Evaluation the musical? I don't know, but uh, I, that I be think evaluation the musical into. is the best idea I've heard today, <laughs> at least, and <laughs> that's pretty great. I, I mean, so yeah, I'm gonna throw that out there as a little a little challenge for you in 2018. Um, feel free to think of a challenge mm -hmm. for me, um, and I think <laughs> that's. I mean, this is something I want to work on, but I think it's also something that's that's um, really important in evaluation in general right now. Um, at our um, the CES. Um, Canadian Evaluation Society, the BC Yukon chapter, we had our, our annual general meeting in November. And the, mm -hmm. the speaker that we brought in for that event was actually um, a, a theater group. 
um, from an organization that I work with, the UBC Learning Exchange. They have a theater group called Voices Up, which is um, staff and community members who were involved in an evaluation presenting the results of that evaluation in a play form. They've performed it several times. They also performed at the um, National Conference back in the spring. This was their sort of finale. Yes, I attended that. Yeah, this was their finale performance. So they Mm -hmm. did it again at our AGM, and it was tremendous. Um, And there you have something Mm -hmm. that's arts-based, it's participatory, it's, you know, the really amazing... Um, way to do knowledge translation and I got to see their process of how they developed that because they also turned it into a comic book which is up on their website Um, and I got to see the process they did it was awesome and one of the neat things that came out of that at our AGM is that afterwards uh, someone in the audience spoke up and said hey I've got a challenge for evaluators let's try to bring more arts-based methods to our evaluation in 2018 I think that was Marla Steinberg who said that who's an evaluator here in Vancouver Mm -hmm. And I want to extend that challenge to all our listeners, Think of, thinking about arts-based methods as ways of engaging, bringing mm-hmm. people in, um, getting information out there. Um, but you can use, it's not just getting information out, you can use it for data collection, you can use it for planning. There's a lot of great resources out there. Um, I can link a few of them in our show notes, but um, I think that's an area uh, of real opportunity and growth and potential in evaluation. And I'd love to see more arts-based methodologies being used. And I know I'm not the only mm-hmm, one. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely an area for uh, that's ripe with potential, I'd say. So mm-hmm. to look into awesome. I think another area that I'm going to be focusing on that for this year, um, there's some really neat events coming up here locally in Saskatoon is around reconciliation. Um, around the, the responding to the calls for action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I know there's an event coming up in Saskatoon later this year. I think, I don't think it's been announced officially yet, but around decolonizing evaluation and kind of really looking at saying, how are our methods and how is our viewpoint as evaluators from this traditional Western viewpoint? Um, how does that work and how does that not work when we're working with people from different cultural backgrounds and spe- specifically from Indigenous First Nations Métis voices. Are we providing that space that encourages those voices and those ideas and those cultural perspectives to come through? Or are we inadvertently, perhaps, uh, shutting shutting that down? So uh, I know that's going to be coming up. Uh, that came through, I think, at CES 2017. This almost this episode's starting to feel like a, a, um, a recap of, <laughs> of the conference last year, but uh, I think it was just that great of a conference, awesome conference and touched on a lot of the yeah, but I mean, um, Kim Vandervoort from uh, Reciprocal Consulting, she was talking about that, um, some of those ideas. So yeah, that's, I think, something that's really um, maybe something for me to explore. Uh, there's a lot of work happening here in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan more broadly around reconciliation. Um, there's a Reconciliation Saskatoon that's doing some great work, and I know they're trying to incorporate evaluation to their work as well. So um, yeah, there's some really neat opportunities. Um uh, we can put a link in the show notes to the calls for action for truth and reconciliation. I know CES, um, Canada, the national body has, um, they issued a response a year or two ago to the calls for action. So that could be something that, um, I think, uh, really want to explore and try to delve into a little, little bit further. And actually also as well to finish reading that book that you recommended to me, the indigenous research methods book. I think I'm not calling it the right name there, but you, you put me onto that, and it's a, a great resource. 
Research is Ceremony, Indigenous Research Methods. That's named by Sean Wilson. I also yes. have a new book recommendation for you, and I may as well give it to all our <laughs> listeners as well. Right. Um, I don't have it in front of me to, to get the name exactly. Uh, it's called Braiding Sweetgrass. It is um, terrific. It actually came, my sister and I were exchanging book recommendations. <laughs> and um, so I gave her mine, which is the, the Research is Ceremony, and this was hers. Um, but it's uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer. Uh, Braiding Sweetgrass, um, and the subtitle is uh, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and Teaching of Plants. So it's coming from an ecological standpoint, but mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's very holistic. I think it's one of those really great getting a worldview, getting a perspective type of books. Uh, everything I've read, it for, I'm, I'm taking quotes, I'm writing stuff down all over the place because it's <laughs> been so inspiring. So there's another book recommendation. Thank you for raising... Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, reconciliation as a direction. I think that's really, really important. Um, I don't have events I can I can recommend Vancouver, so that, that tells me that's something I need to start researching and looking up. But you mentioned Kim Vanderward, um, who is a consultant mm -hmm. with Reciprocal Consulting here, and uh, I know her website has a lot of really great resources related to research mm -hmm. and evaluation, so we can also link her website in our show notes as well. So um, Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that actually cool. ties in with, I think that's really similar to one of my other personal directions that, again, started to come up in 2017 and I'd like to carry it through through 2018 which is um uh I, I'm I'm really invested in evaluation ethics and and ethical practice I mean we already had a, a podcast episode about that topic and I could probably talk about it forever um, but I've been having an opportunity to explore different approaches and different perspectives on on how to approach and think about ethics um and i've been mm -hmm. really really influenced by a lot of the uh indigenous researcher readings i've been doing sean wilson's book is one of them this new book reading sweetgrass is another and really looking at ethics through a lens of um reciprocity um mm -hmm. responsibility and and relationality and it's it's kind of, it's been a little mind-blowing it's, it's it's honestly it's hard to put into words i would rather just say go out and start reading those kinds of books and i think <laughs> you'll see oh, okay this i can i can see the paradigm shift here i can see that there's a thinking about mm -hmm. um ethics not in terms of like trying to separate and and compartmentalize and, and strictly manage relationships but of thinking about it as about building relationships and and honoring relationships and having responsibility and having equal responsibility not reinforcing unequal power dynamics but recognizing them but also taking that more reciprocity appro focused approach where you know we're we're also seeing um that you know both sides have something to to take and give and then that it's an equal we can foster equal relationships um, mm -hmm. So that's some of the, the stuff that I've been looking at there. And, and I'm getting really wonderful opportunities to explore that through my work right now and rethink, you know, what is ethical practice and, and, and how do I navigate that as an evaluator? And, and how do I make sure that my work is as, as ethical as it can be? And it's definitely very much mm -hmm. um, influenced and informed by a lot of, of Indigenous research perspectives. Um, and I think reconciliation ties in with that very well. Definitely. And that's great to hear. Um, and I was thinking back to our conversation with, uh, with Don Fleming and just uh, um, recognizing that evaluation ethics is going to have some similarities with research ethics, but it's also going to be different. And um, I think, yeah, that just that general idea of uh, really understanding reciprocity and it's not just us 
evaluators or us researchers coming down from an ivory tower, but we're in the community and how do we build meaningful relationships, whether it's with indigenous groups, whether it's with communities more broadly, whether it's other organizations, there should be, should be a two-way exchange. It should be a two-way street. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. We're really covering a gamut of, well, that makes sense. (laughs) And I'm, this is what an exciting conversation this is, at least for us. I hope our listeners, you guys feel the same way. Um, (laughs) you know, Brian, is there anything else, any other directions that, that, uh, or goals or anything that you're looking forward to in 2018? Uh, there's two that kind of come to mind. Um, one is maybe picking up on that reciprocity theme, um, trying to figure out where does the valuation kind of fit in with community building, with community development, with kind of place-based initiatives. Uh, my background is in community psychology, my ac- academic background, and I got a chance to go to um, the conference for my field, uh, Society, Society for Community Research and Action. Um, which met in Ottawa uh, last June. So, uh, and that kind of, there's a bit of a, I don't want to say it's quite a split half thing, but uh, because there's a lot of community psychologists in evaluation and evaluation is definitely making inroads in community psychology. But uh, this is kind of the first time bringing the two sides a little bit more formally together. And also I saw that the American Evaluation Association, they recently started up a community development TIG topic interest group. That's a whole lot of acronyms in one uh, sentence there, I think. But um, yeah, so I think I'm trying to figure out what role can evaluation play in this kind of broader sense of community building, community development. Um, Just as we're, um, I was in Vancouver back in September again for uh, the Tamarack uh, Community Institute had this awesome learning event around community change and evaluation kind of came up in that as well. So how do we kind of take this big picture, trying to build better cities, trying to build more inclusive and just and equitable cities, where does evaluation come into that? Um, yeah, so that's kind of maybe one direction I'm trying to figure out for myself um, and maybe just starting with reflection on last year, all these great learning opportunities I had, where do evaluation and community come in together? So that's kind of one of my maybe directions for this year. Um, second direction actually is kind of complete opposite. Um, and it's around the idea of processes and just kind of my own personal processes and systems and organization. I've been, um, uh, I think the way I kind of got into podcasts was around some uh, other podcasts talking about uh, different tools that are being used. There's one of my favorites is called Mac Power Users, and we'll include a link in the show notes for, and that's um, two lawyers actually talking about the different tools they use, the different organization systems and all that. And I'm really thinking about starting up a blog or maybe even a separate podcast just around uh, how can evaluators um use different tools and all that to improve the effectiveness of our work in terms of everything from to-do list management to um, different survey tools, what have you. So how can we kind of take what we're doing and get better at it so we can spend more time on the value things that we do, like coming up with new art space approaches or um, making sense of different ideas and all that. So that's kind of an idea that's floating in my head. I think I've talked to you a little bit about it before, um, trying to come up with a name for it. But Many, uh, many pun-based yeah, so names that, be, that we've discussed for that. Many yeah. pun-based names. I think that's, yeah. So um, those are kind of two directions I'm focusing on right now, I guess, or that's on the back of my head right now for uh, for 2018 to try to figure out. So. 
Yeah. What about you? Is there anything else that's coming to mind? I mean, I've covered sort of the the, the big ones. Um, and by the way, I am so ready to be your number one fan on that uh, blog and or <laughs> podcast about evaluation tool because there's so many. There's so many. And, and hence being mm-hmm. able to know that there's, uh, you know, an evaluator who's going through, who's looking at these and can talk about them from an evaluator's perspective. And you're, you, every time we talk, you have some, every time I say, oh, I'm struggling with this, you're like, oh, well, here's this tool or that, like, you you know, all of these interesting tools um, that can make things uh, a little more useful. So I think that's awesome if you could find a way to share that with, uh, with the wider community. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, in terms of direct, this is more like just maybe by way of, of a bit of a, a wrap up sort of the things I'm looking forward to the most in 2018 right now and this may change as we actually get into 2018 but right now <laughs> as of right now the, the the things i'm most excited about are um we have two uh big conferences in on evaluation in north america coming up this year we've got our our annual ces conference and the annual um aea conference and when i look at the themes for those two conferences I get so excited about the mm-hmm. evaluation field because the CES conference theme is co-creation. Awesome. Like, yes. again, you're talking about like, you know, getting mm-hmm. into com- how can we build communities and, and how can we work with people? And I just think that's what an, like, I love that theme. I'm so excited to see what comes out of that, mm-hmm. um, that conference this year. And then the AEA, th- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard the AEA theme this year is speaking truth to power. That sounds right. I think there, it's something along those lines. Which, yeah, so. I mean, mm-hmm. again, like, and especially the the context in which we are all living right now, I think rather than leaning away from the political aspects of evaluation to, to lean into them and and mm-hmm. to say, you know, we're going to have, like, they're gonna, that's going to be some hard conversations. That's, that's the part of evaluation, mm-hmm. which is so important, but is really difficult. So again, the fact that that's, that's it, that's the theme for like the, this year's AEA conference is speaking truth to power. I'm so excited again to see what, um, that's going to be like and what comes out of that. So, I mean, every, I, I like these conferences every year, but I'm really excited about those two right. particular <laughs> themes. So I think that's, you know, looking forward in 20, 2018, those are, that's what I'm excited about right now. So. Awesome. Yeah. And I was thinking when I was preparing for this episode for our podcast episode, that that might be one theme for 2018 will be what is kind of the role of evaluation in, in larger conversations happening around in society when there's so much, uh, you know, conversation and hand wringing around, uh, around what is truth and what is how do you use information and all that. And I think evaluation has that potential to play such a huge role today and trying to figure out, you know, what's working, what's not working. How do we account for different viewpoints and perspectives? Yeah. That's so that's, yeah, I forgot about the AEA conference theme. So that's really awesome that they're talking about that. And yeah, the co-creation for, for, for CES. Um, yeah, that's going to be, and fingers crossed, uh, we've put in a proposal. We might be doing some co-creation at Val Cafe. That is, we might be doing some co-creation at the mm-hmm. conference. So I'll just leave it out there. I won't tease anything more than that, but, uh, you heard it here first, and uh, hopefully um, you'll see us at CES 2018, and we'll be doing some awesome work there. That's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Please check out the rest of our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play, or by going through our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at evalcafe, and if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Poppers and Prosecco, our intro theme, and Dispersion Relation, our outro. 
as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. 